Welcome to Fireplace Conversations, a podcast brought to you by Lapid Leaders Africa. I am your host, Isaac Maritim. So why Fireplace Conversations? The fireplace uh, with Africans was a place where our forefathers used to gather everybody in the community, in the neighborhood, so that they could pass down knowledge through stories of what happened then, what is currently happening, and what they are projecting will happen in the future. That's why we have Fireplace Conversations. We definitely hope that we will inspire the next generation of change makers, entrepreneurs who will go out there and do and be the best that Africa can see. Our first episode is around sparking your entrepreneurial journey. And our first guest to the show is Esther Mwaniki. Kindly introduce yourself to our audience and give us a bit about your background and what you currently do. Okay, so my name is Esther Mwaniki. I am the founder of Lapid Leaders Africa. Lapid Leaders Africa is an organization whose mission is to develop the next generation of African leaders into exceptional leaders who will make a difference in the marketplace. Um, my background is... Uh, within a professional field. So I started my career with PwC. I've worked with them for about eight years. PwC is an organization that's involved in providing audit and consulting services to organizations in Kenya and across the world. So I worked with them for eight years, six years in Kenya and two years in UK. After that, I joined an organization called Ganti Trust Bank as the head of risk and compliance. And then in 2014, I exited that um professional world and started Lapid Leaders. And so the last few, four years I've been involved in building Lapid Leaders Africa. All right. Thank you very much for that introduction. Actually, I've had the privilege of interacting with Esther before. I was part of Lapid Leaders Africa. And since the conversation is about sparking, you've said that there was a period between when you were in PwC and then you joined uh, GT Bank. And then finally you had courage to actually now step out. So what what was going on You know, in that period uh, within yourself that made you want to now exit because as you said for the definition of entrepreneurship you can do it in the corporate space or you can do it outside mm -hmm. so why did you choose or what happened so that you uh, transition and chose to do it in the outer space and not uh, corporate okay so i i think one of my turning points in was going to uk and being working there for about two years one of the things that it ignited in me is a greater passion for Africa. I was in this fantastic developed world, but every three months I thought I want to come back home. There's something about home that was very different. I loved, I struggled with the weather there. I loved the weather here. I struggled with the culture there. I love the culture here. There's a warmth that only Africa has and you only understand once you've left. And so the two years there, I kept thinking, I love my country. I love my continent. Yet, on the other hand, I could see the difference between Europe and Africa. I mean, I remember, I always remember two stories around one when I walked into an office and I was trying to get some changes into my passport. And in two minutes, I was done. And I kept thinking if I was back home, how many people would I need to know to be able to uh, get that passport change? Another one that always used to intrigue me as small as it was, was the traffic lights. It's such an orderly system that when the lights go red, cars stop, and then people are told, walk. And we actually walk. Walk, and at some point, you're told stop, and we stop, and the cars actually cross. And that system, as small as it was, always used to intrigue me because I think this is what makes I'd come back home over the holidays, and driving on our roads was a mess and a nightmare. I'd enter those roundabouts and think, man, here it's a jungle, it is every man for himself. And so that sparked the the question of what do I want to do for Africa? Because in the final end, this is the place that I loved. Um, the second thing that happened is when I came back. 
I worked with PwC for a short period of time and then went to GTB and I joined the organization and, and a, a, in my team was really young guys and even across the bank there were very many young people. But I started to see what I'd been hearing in the marketplace a lot about half-baked graduates. I'd see the difference between the students or the people who we would work with in PwC in terms of how much they'd been trained, mentored and coached and a lot of the other people in other organizations. And it was very easy for us to talk about how half-baked graduates are the problem in the workplace. But for me, I have always had the perception of if there's a problem, there should be a solution. And so if you're going to be talking about the problem, you better be starting to think about what can I do about it. And then related to that was around when there was this big conversation around how Africa is rising, how the biggest population, the youngest population in the world is in Africa, around how by 2030, the biggest working population is going to be African. But I kept thinking these are nice statistics that people can talk about now, but in the final end, do they matter any, uh, to anyone? And so a combination of a passion for Africa, but also a combination of the fact that I believe that the biggest asset that Africa has at the moment is young people, pushed me towards forming Lapid. All right. So what I'm gathering from your conversation of what pushed you outside Lapid, I'm looking at being in the UK and looking at a problem and thinking this, there is a solution for, for, for this. So that, that kind of was your why, but correct me if I'm wrong, but being exposed to that and looking at it and saying there is um, a solution to this problem, that kind of just sparked the need now. Who will find the solution and how do we do this? So it made you step outside and just build the solution and be the change that you want to see. Because most of us actually stop where, okay, this is the problem, so we just stop at talking about it. Mm -hmm. That is a very interesting uh, way to have it propel you outside. Mm -hmm. So if I'm somebody who's noticing problems around my environment, mm -hmm. does that mean that I have the right to uh, use that as my bigger why? Or does it mean then I have to connect it with bigger dots behind? Because I'm, I'm also hearing about how you look inwardly and looked at your journey and, you know, you connected a few dots around that. So should I use the problem as my why I should be an entrepreneur or why I should, you know, fund this fire or mm. this park or uh, should I do something else? I think you got it. The first point and the first place every entrepreneur who Every person who feels they want to be an entrepreneur should start is understanding their inner journey. So we live in a society where there's a lot of external factors that drive us. We're constantly talking about money, talking about fame. But those are external factors. A human being is a big factor of their internal journey. And I'd like to use the example of Moses from a biblical perspective. So Moses was a leader in the Bible. And he is born in a time when uh, men are being, young men are being, killed and so his mother puts him in a basket and he wants to save him and puts him in the river by some grace or by some fortune uh the moses is picked up by pharaoh's daughter and because of that he grows up in the palace and somewhere along the way he is an outsider and so he has this pain for israel so when he sees an egyptian harassing an israelite that pain causes him to kill an egyptian and in the eventually that story turns out to be moses saving the israelites so i think the biggest journey of an entrepreneur and thinking about it from a change agent perspective is to think about it from god's story so we tend to think about entrepreneurship from me myself and i but when you think about it we are small dots in a big story and that big story is that god is is bringing man back to himself. And that therefore then means even as much as I'm passionate about whatever it is, the question I must constantly ask is how does this fit into God's story? And the bigger part of that was for Moses, the day he was born and the day he was placed in the hands of uh, Pharaoh's daughter, he became 
he started his journey towards entrepreneurship and by the time he is willing to kill the egyptian it looks like it's passion that's driving him but it's the journey that god has taken him through that's driving him and so the first thing i am constantly telling people who are called into entrepreneurship or to be change agents is one understand your journey understand where god has taken you through and why he's taken you through it and if you can then be able to understand that why it will then mean that you're not only passionate about something but you're passionate about something but you also understand why you're passionate about that something and i think that is the biggest biggest breakthrough for any entrepreneur understanding this is what i'm passionate about as moses was passionate about uh, justice for israelites but more importantly understanding why am i passionate about this and often your why goes back to the bigger picture that god has for your story All right I like I like the direction of this in terms of you know there's divinity there's a bigger thing other than yourself so most of the times once we understand our why we tend to just pursue and not just dig further and as we pursue it means that we are doing it in a sort of selfish way so once I've understood my why how do I then get over myself and not do it for just me because I've understood okay this is why this is what I like this is why I'm doing it mm. How do I uh, incorporate the bigger picture and build in my community around that, so that I'm doing, I'm actually being a change maker, not just a change maker to myself and mm. my family and my next generation, mm. but just a bigger crowd. So I like the way what you're talking about. I think the first aspect is what we talked about, understanding your inner journey. But what I find is often the breaking point of most entrepreneurs is we discover what you're passionate about and we are dying and raring to go. But and often that conversation is about me myself and I. So I like to sing. And so I want to sing and I want to create an environment where I will sing to the world. But that is such a weak level for entrepreneurship. It's not it, you need to be able to distinguish and I always tell people there's a difference between passion and purpose. Passion is about me. Purpose is about is an external journey. It's about asking what's broken in the world that the things I'm passionate about can solve. So for example in this case it would have been very easy for Moses to say I am passionate about justice. Can I kill? Can I fight? Can I do whatever it takes for me to be able to get Israelites out? But it have still missed the big picture. The big picture was not even about Israelites and them being for the big picture was about what god was doing and what god was doing was he needed to release the israelites he had a bigger story that he was writing and so the second point first being the inner journey but the second point is once you discover what you're passionate about start to ask what does this passion mean to the world what is the gap what is a broken wall that i can fix using my passion and that means a lot of being selfless you cannot create great things if you can't look at things outside yourself and i'm always making using the example of mark zuckerberg or steve jobs or the people that we know about none of these people sat down and said this is what i'm passionate about and therefore then i'll create a facebook or i'll create a and what they were doing is they saw a problem and then their passions are perhaps around innovation and creating and so they then applied the passions to what the world needs which is what purpose is about purpose is about marrying your passions to what the problem needs and then that creating a bigger picture and a bigger wire that you move with and part of that journey is a journey that God actually takes you through so when you think about Moses again as our example Moses is taken to the wilderness for 40 years and in those 40 years several things are going on number one he's having his father in law and i like to highlight that fact of father in law i mean when you think about even from an african context a man having his father in law is hard enough so you can imagine just how hard it was the second thing this is a very talented man 
But what is he doing? He's looking after sheep. Day in, day out for 40 years, he wakes up and he looks after sheep. And he must, he must have looked lost. But I think that's the bigger journey towards purpose. The bigger journey of purpose is around process. And so big picture is not what are you passionate about, but it's what does God need me to be for me to deliver the thing, the problem that needs to be fixed. For Moses, he needed to get to a point where he's able to Work with God, not on him, not by himself, but work with God. And so what does that mean for an entrepreneur? It means that we must do three things. Number one, we must serve others. It's while we serve others that we become clearer about what we want to do. Number two, we must get mentors. So for Moses, it was that he was working with Jethro. Number three, we must trust the process. The most interesting thing is those 40 years in the wilderness allows Moses to go ahead of the Israelites. And so when he comes to lead them through this journey, he's not leading them through a lost place. He is leading them from a place where he has been before. And so those three things are the journey for every entrepreneur. So number one, your inner journey, of course, what you're passionate about. But then get into a space where you serve that allows you to get over yourself Get people who mentor you, a Jethro of some sort. And then lastly, allow God to lead you so that the places that you will see will add up eventually. Right. I like the, the three-step process where you've mentioned about uh, finding mentors and finding an outlet for this. Mm. I think the, the even with the finding an outlet for what you discover that you want to do, entrepreneurship is all about taking calculated risk. Mm. And how I see this conversation is service mm. enables you to take that calculated risk mm. in the sense that you are at a place where you have an outlet but you're also testing, is this really it? Mm -hmm. Is this really what I want to do? Mm -hmm. And it kind of humbles you. Mm -hmm. So the service, is there places that you served uh, in what you uh, saw as this was my why, this mm -hmm. is what I want to do? Are there places that you served? And um, how do you go about finding a place that I can, mm -hmm. I can serve? That's a good question. So when I look at my journey, it's very easy to see the career journey in terms of where I have worked. But the one thing I'm 100% sure, you know, there are not very many things that somebody is 100% sure, but this I'm 100% sure. The person I am today wasn't built by my career. The person that I am today was built by service. So I was working with PwC and the hours were really packed. It was a those things, those environments where Monday to Friday all you do is eat, drink, work. But the one thing was very clear on is Saturday and Sunday were my time to serve. And so I was serving in prison. I was running a discipleship class in prison on Saturdays. On Sunday, I was running another, like two discipleship classes in church. And in fact, I remember it used to be a joke that Esther belongs in this church. She's my makanista. She's become a makanista very early. And I think for me, what those opportunities did, and I wasn't doing them for a tea. I want the accolades. I was just looking for places where I can apply this skills, the passions that I have. And I just loved serving the people in charge. For you, it could be you like to serve musicians. It could be you like to serve book people, whatever. Find a place where you go and serve. For me, as I served, that clarity of the things that I wanted to do started to fold. And I couldn't even see it because I like what Sylvia Molinga says. He says, life is lived forward but understood backwards. I remember being in a class, in a discipleship class, and one of the things we're talking about is around what are things you passionate about where is your purpose and I remember thinking I'm in this class I don't know what I am but because I'm a teacher or a facilitator I must have an answer and so I gave the quick answer of I'd love to do mentorship and that's what I do today for a living I mean leadership development one of the tools you must apply is mentorship I remember around then I'd come across a lot of the conversations of Oprah Leadership Academy and I think wow this is amazing again that's exactly what I do today and so I think two points number one Get a place where you serve. And in all honesty, 
what matters is not necessarily where you serve, but more that you're serving and that you do it excellently. And there are very many spaces where you can serve people. Get a church, an organization, and ask, how can I support you? Service is about that humility to serve people because you need to serve them. All right. Um, I like what you're saying about service. And I guess also what, what that exposes in the conversation is that if you are in employment, it means on your free time, you can look at a place where you can serve as you contemplate the transition from uh, employment to uh, entrepreneurship. And also what is normally said about uh, service is that greatness is found at the heart of service. I'd like to add something else. It's not only found at the heart of service, but on the other side of service, you have to be very committed with the service that you're doing. So Esther, uh, that is, the conversation has leaned towards somebody who would like to do entrepreneurship on the outside space. What happens to that person who is in employment and doesn't want to step out but would like to fund uh, the entrepreneurship spark that is in them? Mm. What are the available options? What can they do now? Mm. I think the same journey Moses went through is the same journey even people in employment should go through. If you're working, wherever you're working, you know, the world was created in such a way you will always have time. And if, uh, sincerely, if I could get time and I just know the environment that we had, you too can get time. So get time to serve other people. Find a high, sc- a high school person who needs to be taught something and commit your Saturdays to teach that high school kid. So serve. There is no, so you could be in organizations and you're probably thinking about building your skills or you even want to become an entrepreneur. Most of those skills, you'll never build them in your organization. As you serve in other spaces, you build additional uh, skills that you need. Number two, get a mentor, someone who's going before you. And number three, keep going, keep seeing new places. Ask God to take you to places where you will see new uh, things because in the final end, in the final, final end, you'll be able to add them back, add them together. So if you're employed, think outside the box. Don't leave the one for, I just work eight to five, I go home, eight to five, I go home. What God has given is an opportunity that is uh, rich. I always like the example of David and I don't think that's too much, but when you think about David, David became a king when he had been sent by his father to go and take food to his brothers. Service. Go and serve other people. Ah, alright. But it's, it's so easy to get caught up when you're in employment to actually adopt other people's ways of growing the entrepreneurship spark. So for instance, if I have a colleague and they like doing this extra thing, I also start gravitating towards mm. it. So in essence, they also need to take the inward journey and look at what 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 makes them tick, mm. what do they like about the employment, mm. and then they can make a very proper decision about where to serve. Is, is that what you're saying? Yep. Correct me Perfect, if I'm wrong. Perfect, actually. Ah, all right, mm. all right, all right. Now, there's a very pertinent question around entrepreneurship. Uh, a few months ago, there was a um, survey done, and actually the best entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley were said to be those who are a bit older. When you're 45, when you're 50, your chances of running a very successful startup and a growth company are very high compared to when you're 25. Is there a sweet spot when it comes to entrepreneurship? Is there a right age for this? Mm-hmm. Is there a certain amount of experience, a best a best load of experience I need to accumulate to be an entrepreneur? I like that question. Um, when you talk about the age and Silicon Valley, the other person that comes to mind is also Vivo. When you think about the founder for Vivo and you listen to her conversations around how she started Vivo Activewear, you can see how the time has answered that question for her. So because she's in her late, perhaps 50s, I think, um, she has a clarity over what she can do. So the, for me, the bigger picture of age is the character. So 
I, I'm a fan of uh, the book 10,000, I think, I can't remember the title, but I, I'm a big believer of the 10,000 hours. You must be able to put in your 10,000 hours to be able to build anything. And that's not a popular conversation, but it's the reality of life. So what happens when somebody is serving is that you're putting in your 10,000 hours. You're going through the process of learning the things that you need to do. And the reason then the statistics show that people who start businesses in their late 40s and their early 50s do much better than the people who start earlier is because these people have put in their 10,000 hours. They've learned the skills of managing a business. They've built the character that it takes to build a business. And because of that, then it's a lot easier for them to build institutions that last long. So I meet a lot of young people who, even in employment, they're constantly jumping from one corner to the next corner. And the conversation is around my happiness, me, myself, and I, and my passions. But if you cannot stick in an employment and go the extra mile, not because of passions, but because it's the right thing to do, then there's no way that you'll go to entrepreneurship and that works. And so though, is there a sweet spot? I think for me, the sweet spot is around the experiences. Have you put in your 10,000 hours? I mean, I met somebody who is a director in uh, one of the leading organizations locally, and they're actually in their mid-30s, and they're very, holding a very senior position. But when I talk to him, what I hear is he's done his time. He started, and I think the, you find in the West this is very popular. At 15, somebody's already working in Pisa Inn and throwing up those pizzas and it looks like a waste of time but that person is having and building time and building skills so you must put in your 10,000 hours and there is no shortcut to that and I, I, I'm constantly meeting with young people who are looking for shortcuts and I see the story and I see how it will end and you can tell from very far the point is not the age, but the hours. And so when you think about even Mark Zuckerberg and his story, and he's perhaps one of the younger people who are doing fantastic things within the world, he's put in his 10,000 hours. I mean, you read his story around how you ended up in Harvard and even the hassles he's had with building the Facebook. You can tell this guy has put in the 10,000 hours. So is there a sweet spot in terms of age? I personally don't believe so. But I believe there's a sweet spot in terms of the hours. You must have put in the time to learn the skills, to build the character, to be able to build a business. So it's not about age, but skills, character to build a business. And there's no shortcut to that. All right. So there is no hack. So if you're listening in, please know that there's no hack. You have to put in your time. And also I'm, I'm looking at, I'm hearing a very recurrent theme around hyper self-awareness. Well, because also, how do you know that you have put in the time and skills? Because you are constantly evaluating yourself around the same. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we live in a space, or rather the African setup is, it feels like if you transition into something else, you're walking away from all the sacrifices that people have done for mm -hmm. you to just chase this unknown dream. So how do you beat that fear and how do you reconcile that fact with yourself considering that for instance, your parents, you know, put you through school and they expected you to become something and then you choose a crazy thing to mm. do. How do you reconcile that to yourself and to the people around you? That's a fantastic question. And it's a question that I hear with a lot of young people. So before I give the answer, let me first say two things. Number one, there's a lot of pressure among young people to have their lives figured out. And it's a sad, sad pressure because I know 60-year-old people who haven't figured out their lives. So why somebody would think that because they're in their 20s or in their 30s that they'll have their life figured out is unnecessary pressure. For the record, there are 70-year-olds who are still figuring themselves out. And so even the journey for self-awareness evolves over time. There are things that in my early 20s, in my late 20s, I would never have known would help me with the work that I'm doing now. There are things I thought... By then when I was serving, I didn't even think it would ever even add up to the big picture of what I was doing. The only thing I did is I was faithful where I was planted. And so I think the first point around, and I know I haven't answered your question fully, but 
is please no pressure on this self awareness journey be faithful where god plants you expose yourself get yourself into spaces where people challenge your thinking and it will uh, do you good but the question of then i am in this space where i feel i want to run a music production company but my parents have invested in my engineering uh, field and i'm not talking about anybody but what do you deal with that and i think though there are several things that come to mind but i i really find that the bible is a resource for a lot of these things so think about um david and when you think about david and this is something that we discuss a lot during the classes he wants to go and fight goliath and saul gives him an armor so that he goes and fights goliath using armors because that's what normally happens but saul tries it on and he realizes man is icky to see feel that's not what how that's not how i was prepared i was prepared through stones and slings and so tries puts it down and then takes the stones and slings and throws it so the first point i'd like to make is you must be confident and comfortable with enough to take a different journey for yourself when i left employment half of the world around me just kept thinking man esther you've lost it i mean you've left fantastic employers to go and start a thing whose name even was weird you know lapid not even rapid but i had a sense of clarity within my spirit that this is where god wanted me to be and i was more than happy to be the weird person and so the first thing i'd speak to the person is imagine you will be weird and that is fine be comfortable with being weird is the reality of every leader there's no leader who doesn't become a leader by following the pack leadership is about setting the pace and setting the pace always comes at a cost so be okay with being different but number 2 do it with a lot of respect i like the way david does he puts on the clothing and then he says man this doesn't work for me what i find most parents struggle with is people are talking about i am passionate about music i'm passionate about fashion like any and i'm kanga in the morning they sit in the chair and dream about building a fashion the previous most of the older generation are not about talking you must show them i like an example which dr wale gave in one of the classes and he talked about how his son wanted to be a dj and for him is not a generation that thinks dj what accounting lawyer is the way to go but what his son did is he organized uh, mr and miss usayu and then he invited him to be one of the guest speakers and when he landed he saw the production of that event and he saw him djing because it wasn't just djing it was djing an event production and he was um, he was taken blown away and he became his first fan and this is something that i find with a lot of young people we want to be fashionistas we want to do we want to do but you're constantly talking about it but you're doing nothing about it and so the first thing is of course be comfortable with being weird but secondly get your head on the job don't tell people i want to do let them see for me right now even the people who are not the biggest fans of lapid they are such fans they run around to figure out what can we do to make lapid go forward because people don't want to hear they want to see show sure, don't tell all right I, i i like what you're saying about doing and being a cult of doers so you can adopt nike's uh uh tagline it's just do do it mm. and also you you brought up uh, dr wale and i think what he calls it is it's a joy loop you're stuck in a joy loop mm. where you're pontificating just saying you want to do this but you're not a practitioner mm. so so what we are saying essentially is if you've sparked the fire in you to be an entrepreneur stop being a pontificator and just be a practitioner of what you say do not be stuck in that joy loop so as we wind uh, up the show do you have any last words to say to um, our listener who is out there and thinking this conversation is just right for this moment what do you have to say to them 
if this conversation has spoken to you, and it should, I think we are at a place as a continent where we need a lot more change makers who will become entrepreneurs. And so if this conversation has sparked an interest in you, I will go back to the things that we've talked about. Find a place to serve, find mentors, and allow yourself to go where God leads you. Strange spaces, but go. It will add up eventually. All right. And maybe just as we end the show, I probably should add a few of the things I picked up for somebody who's out there who is an entrepreneur and you're listening in. The biggest things I picked up from this is clarity, a lot around clarity. And how does clarity happen? It happens through service. As you serve, you get more clear on your why. And your why should be bigger than yourself. It's not a selfish journey. It's a selfless journey where you encompass everybody who is within your field of influence. So next time we will be having the show same same time, same place, and it's Fireplace Conversations. As I said, I'm your host, Isaac Maritim, and we look forward to having the next show with you. If you have questions, kindly comment, and we'll get back to you. We will also be sharing the Facebook and the Instagram links for this particular podcast recording and also for the guest at the show so that you can follow up with her and probably just interact further. Kindly keep in mind also the podcast was brought to you by Lapid Leaders Africa, where our mission is to ignite the fire of the next African change makers. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure having you on the show.